elongated one, but there we go. That that might be the first time that uh, since we've started doing this format that I actually was able to get to it on time the first time. Every other time I did it beforehand or <laughs> stop gap or some shit. But anyways, welcome to Politics as Usual, episode twenty five. Uh, we, we've been we've been promoing this one all week. We kind of stumbled onto this accidentally last week, uh, talking about uh, whether or not B was hip hop's last bona fide classic, which will have to be a whole other episode. Um, mm-hmm. But we started talking about whether or not two thousand eight was hip hop's last stand, and decided to just do a whole episode on it. So no, we won't be talking about uh, all old August Alcina and his entanglement with uh, Jada Pinkett. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> on this episode, well, <laughs> I told Ronnie as soon as we got on that uh, I, I kind of wish we wasn't because I, I would love to just delve into that for five minutes. But this is going to be an action-packed episode as is. Excuse me, my freaking eyes are watering for whatever reason. Oh, uh, it's going to be an action-packed episode as is. So we're here to talk about whether or not 2008 was hip hop's last stand. Ronnie is here, Fee is here, and with us a special guest, kind of halfway member of the crew. Uh, Joe Code of the Artist Guys, formerly known as Joe Hope, not the Artist Guys, the DIY Artist. That's his old stuff. I'm just, see, I, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna get mad about that because I've changed it so much in the last three years. That I'm just like, I don't even know what the hell I'm calling myself yeah, for yeah. my form anymore. But um, formerly known as Joe Hova, he is here with us. Um, make sure you follow him. He's always giving out free game on the regular. What, what was last week's the Google SEO stuff? Yeah, so the um, so the newsletter I I was gonna do like just one part of Google Analytics and like how to like actually throw it into your website and then all the stuff that goes into it. But when I was writing it, I got to like fifteen hundred words just for that. And the newsletter is broken into like a piece of that and then highlighting like an indie artist. And I was like, this is gonna be too long, so I'm breaking it into four parts. So the next section is um, like the dashboard and like what what these stats actually mean and stuff like that. So um, so yeah. Yeah, man, free game. So make sure you follow him at Joe Code, the second two eyes. He does the Roman numeral thing like I do. Um, yeah, let, let, let me hype up Joe, man, because Joe uh, and, and Joe is a very modest guy. But Joe um, helped us out so much with the blog. He taught us a lot. If we didn't know we were, you know, we were still in our we were still novices to this blog and stuff, man. And Joe helped us out. So I can attest to Joe's. Um, <laughs> aptitude man I'm, and I'm not just saying this because he's here like really like subscribe you you pick you'll pick up so much game from joe free game i appreciate i appreciate that y'all and yeah and i appreciate you guys even more because you guys both are my first patreon people so that was that was like really really dope like to log in one day and see that you guys <laughs> were like supporting that because i mean like i'm just like i'm just building everything like from the bottom again so i'm just like yeah i'll just like make this three dollar tier if you guys want to support you that's cool whatever yeah man of course i appreciate that of course man so yeah um i guess we'll just dive right into this um let's go with the obvious part of the of the question well well, how y'all want to do this do we want to answer the question outright or do we want to start talking about like why this is why this premise is even valid see see let's let's start with the thesis first and then let's break it down and and talk about whether or not it's right because we stumbled into this conversation by just simply going through all the albums released in 2008. And then we also talked about like, hmm, that was also the birth of the mixtape era. So to talk about this premise, we need to go a year before that to 2007's hottest MC in the game list. And well, yep. who was the who was number one on the list, AJ? Who was it, Wayne? 
It was Wayne. Hmm. I just guess so, that because I think I just assume he's number one on every yeah. single one of those. <laughs> how does MC in the game list 2007, 2008, he drops Carter three, and then 2009, and, and this is the important part. I feel like he passes off the torch to the next guy who is Drake. So I feel like 2008 being sandwiched in the middle, like a lot of things happened in that year, and I truly believe that's hip hop's last name. I agree. But for different reasons, but I agree. <laughs> See, I, I I don't know. I don't know because I was doing some research when you guys asked me to come on this show and I was like, all right, well, well what came out in 2009? I looked through and I was like, not much memorable. And the same for like 2010 and 11. But then I got to 2015. And 2015, I don't remember what mixtapes dropped outside of like Future, but To Pimp a Butterfly was that year and then Dirty Sprite 2 and then What a Time to Be Alive. And uh, I think Lupe did Tetso and Youth that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were just so like... That is the last like big year of hip hop that I remember is twenty fifteen. See, I don't I don't necessarily think it was the last stand. I think it changed. I think two thousand eight changed the way mainstream the direction that mainstream rap was going because of the releases that happened. I too looked at all the releases like two thousand nine was a pretty decent year for, for some people. And then I think two thousand nine was bigger in mixtapes than it was in mainstream, mm-hmm. but you still had a lot of a good like Joe Button dropped in two thousand nine, UGK for Life, The Last Kiss, Asher Roth, Deeper Than Rap, Relapse, Losos Way, Blueprint Three, uh Only Built for Cuban Links too. Like you had a lot of good projects that still dropped in two thousand nine, but I think the trend um, of where it went. I actually think 2015 is Hip Hop's last stand because I looked at the Billboard charts and the highest singles and Fetty Wap. It was Fetty Wap, oh, wow. Rich Homie Quan. Pull up the list. Um, Fetty Wap was on there two times on 2015 for the highest rated singles. He had two songs. Hit the Quan was one of the top singles. Um, Flow Rider. T Wayne, like I love Mackinac. So I, I don't I don't think two thousand I think a lot of good projects that came out from two thousand eight until two thousand fifteen. And I think we still get good projects now. You just kinda have to pick and search for what you want to see out of the mainstream. Okay, see, so yeah, I, I I think y'all y'all are making good points. Here's why I think the, the premise is, is accurate. Because everything that happened, like when you get to 2015, particularly when you get to now, came from the direction of the top two artists that year. We were we're living with the children that were spawned from those right now. And if one of those artists, I think. So we're talking about 808s and Carter three. I think Drake Mm -hmm. Drake was inevitable. Like if it wasn't going to be Drake, it was going to be someone else. He was inevitable. It's like Mm -hmm. it's like Thanos. Hip-hop was going there. You saw Trey Songz doing it. You saw Chris Brown doing it. Hip-hop was going to have a Drake at some point. Maybe not with all the histrionics that come along with the Drake, but hip-hop was going to have a Drake at some point. Where I think hip-hop's last stand comes from is Lil Wayne and his decision to stop rapping at a high level. Mm-hmm. It didn't quite. It didn't happen in 2008, but that was when he dropped his next album after the Carter two. Because when... And, and if he can tell you this, I said when I listened to, I think it was the Drought 2 in 2006, I was like, oh, Wayne's starting to fall off. 
He ain't rapping the way he used to. He's getting lazy with it. He's Randy Moss in it. He's, 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 not, he's not running it out on every single play. Only when he knows he's going to get the ball or when he has to. And that to me came, and I know the, the leaks happened with the Carter 3, but the album that was put out and the hype that that album got and the fact that it went platinum, all that did was reinforce Wayne's laziness. And that to me is why I think it's hip-hop's hip, -hop, hip -hop last stand because if Wayne chose to go the complete opposite direction, you have a completely different sound with all the new artists that are out right now. Mm, so you think they sound more like technical and stuff if, if Wayne actually goes right and, and doesn't i think i think it, it. i think it's a i think it's a double whammy ron started off because i was going to bring this in while i was bringing up this point the hottest mcs in the game list changed everything mm -hmm. because it went from who's the best rapper to who's the hottest so they started yep. they started judging your output by hotness instead of like were you actually good or not and so and, and yep. you can take that back to 50 magnifying sales the way he did uh you know when he when when he was doing his thing bullying all the new york rappers you can you can take it back to that but mtv's decision to say hey we are going to go ahead and and talk about the hottest stuff we, we're not talking about who's good we don't care about that all we care about is who's hot right now that to me reinforced whatever bad habits that wayne had and his own output did it too he couldn't rap like that constantly because he was on everything from what was that period from like 2007 to when he whenever he went to jail when he was just on right. every fucking thing 2010 he went to he went to jail. Yeah, so he had a and period of two and a half years where he was just on everything. So his own output did it, but I feel like this list combined with Lil Wayne's decision to embrace being hot rather than actually being good and then people rewarding him for that fact. Like, I talk about this all the time. People love No Ceilings, but No Ceilings is not a good Wayne mixtape to me. If you've heard the squad mixtapes, the prefixes, the suffixes, the shit where Wayne was rapping, rapping, that's an well, average-ass mixtape. For Wayne, and, and and this is something. This is something that I, that I now that you bring that up, I was in. I, I was starting my college radio career when Wayne was going on this run, and I I was like the. I started hanging out with like more of the radio station people like my sophomore year, and we used to have these conversations about like, oh, Wayne's the best in the game. And this is you know two thousand six, two thousand seven, and I would constantly tell them that he is not he does not sound good like this, this like what is this like wh what is he actually saying like what is he and i would always get that no he's the hottest in the game and right i, I just i never saw it like i never like wayne is a good rapper but he was transitioning into something that was not good wayne, wayne go go ahead Fee. i think the problem with um like with with Wayne is the people came too late to him when he was good. Mm -hmm. I think people mm -hmm. missed the boat on his mm -hmm. his peak of lyricism, which was probably 2003, 2004, maybe 2005 at a peak, like around the Carter Two, because like Dedication Two is is a great mixtape. The Carter Two, pretty decent album. Carter One to me is flawless. That's my favorite Wayne project. But even from 500 Degrees, like from Lights Out to 500 Degrees, and then the Squad mixtapes are but in between you can see him transitioning from a louisiana down south bounce rapper to a complete mc and he had better content in those times and then once you come probably to the drought three dedication three carter three once you get to that era and then the the mixtape his album leaking two had a lot that because i think the carter three mixtape would have served as a better album than the actual carter three 
that we got. Mm-hmm. But I think once you get to that Carter three, and like AJ says, you see like Lollipop, terrible song. But once you see the success of a Lollipop and you do a million in the first week, why would you go back to like rapping? Because he's been chasing that success the whole time. He stayed at Cash Money to prove he's loyal, to prove that he's the best hot boy. So while he was rapping his ass off, people weren't gravitating to him like they should. So once he made that switch, Carter Two is not Wayne's best album. That that is an ongoing debate in their group chat. I can just let you let y'all know that. That's why that's why that's being put in there. But like, no, I, I completely agree. Like when you <clears throat> Wayne's peak talent wise is as high as anybody's. Like just if you if you want to talk about like cats who've put a verse down on the Renegade beat, J M, some other dudes, uh, Wayne might have the best verse of any of them, and that's on Squad Four. Like mm-hmm. just go listen to that. Like he's out. His, his peak is high. The problem is his peak was high when no one was paying attention. And then by the time people right. caught up to him, he was trash. Like, he wasn't that good no more. So, like, it's hard to compare to him to, like, a, a sports great because he has this longevity. But it's so much trash in there surrounded by this tiny peak. Like, so, this, so, this relatively short peak that he had. So, so several points to make here. Um, I feel like... Wayne is indicative of like the future of hip hop, like 2008 forward. Because after Wayne, how many rappers do we know that put out their best content on mixtapes? But by the time they got to albums, they had nothing else to talk about. Also, um, like you said, I think this is, I mean, of course, it, it, it always happened, but I think this is the time where people used to would, would shift from, okay, this dude can really rap. To like, okay, I go to the club and I don't hear this guy's music, so he can't really rap. I feel like because you you couldn't escape Lollipop, man. Lollipop was everywhere. And the moment I heard that single, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a problem, but but in a bad way, not a good way. So it just changed the way the consumer. Um, it had a metal the- cover. Right. It had a metal rock cover. If you if you have a metal cover or a white girl <laughs> acoustic guitar cover, like, it's rap for you. You, you, you become you can, ubiquitous in a bad way. <laughs> you, can, you can look at all the singles off of Carter 3 and, and that album's changed the trajectory of hip-hop. Mrs. Officer, Got Money, Lollipop and Got Money are laden with auto-tune and Wayne is using that as the winning for the winning formula. T-Pain was as big as ever too during that time. Like mm-hmm. so them two even Kanye like we can get on get on to him. Like I was listen I was listening to a little bit of graduation cuz that was that was 07 and I'm like, man, it didn't just start with with 808s and heartbreaks. He started flirting with it mm-hmm. on In graduation. graduation. Mm-hmm. Flashing lights and people Say graduation is Kanye's best album, and he started flirting with the with the auto tune too. Let, let's hold let's hold on to that. Why why do people say graduation is Kanye's best album? Because it's the most, most palatable. I don't know. Yeah, it's the most commercial. It's the most palatable. It's the most commercial. Exactly. So oh, so it's, it's away from the soul samples, <laughs> right, the, the right. conscious content, mm-hmm. some of the deeper stuff that that Rhyme Fest and Consequence were feeding him, and that's when he starts like. Hanging out with T Pain and Push and those guys, and he's he's able to get more palatable shit. And and that's also where he he starts trying to make like the stadium anthems because yep. the mm-hmm. same like because that's when Blueprint Three drops a couple years later, and then Jay just basically had an album full of like, well, I want to perform these in stadiums, and that was it. Yep. 
Yeah, that that yeah, and 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 the reason why I'm giving kind of the reason why I'm giving Kanye like a pass in this is like yes, it did spawn so far gone. Like so far gone is 808s and heartbreak like perfected. Like it's the next yeah. it's the next step from that. But I again, I feel like Drake was inevitable. There were t- Trey Songs and Chris Brown were flirting with the rapping singing thing. They were just doing it on mixtapes. Drake kind of came out and was like, "All right, let me break through with his conscious mold, take the shit I stole from Fonte and add it with the shit I stole from Kanye, and then boom, that's how you get it. Like, so I, I give that a pass because I feel like that, w- that was inevitable to me. Like, there are certain things that are just that's just going to happen. Like, nah, uh, Drunken Hot Girls was was, was mid yeah, <laughs> Graduation yeah. had, graduation had a couple mid songs on it, but I feel mm-hmm. like there were certain things that was inevitable. Like Drake was inevitable. Gym class heroes, even though they weren't as successful, was inevitable. There's always going to be this thing that happens that's away from the norm, and sometimes it catches, sometimes it doesn't. But there's always someone that's going to try. That's why I don't really look at. I look at 808s as more of an anomaly, and to me, Wayne is the genesis of this because singing rappers were always going to happen. That the, mm-hmm. the merging of hip hop and R and B had been too much at that point. That was always gonna happen. What Wayne did, being that being the guy and then going pop, that had always been frowned upon by the top rapper. Like Jay Z talks about it. He he constantly talks about y'all only listen to radio, do you just listen to music or do you just skim through it? That's not really my music. Like mm-hmm. they always eschewed, like, yeah, I make pop records, but I still do real hip hop. Wayne was like, Fuck it, I'm embracing the pop thing. And I feel and, like and, that yeah. that hottest list started that. And it's and it's wild because the his most successful album is the one. All right, and, and once again, not not you know he he did have leaks, so let's let's be fair with that. But his most successful album is the one that he totally um no pun here phone home. Like it, it is, it is amazing that that's his most successful album, the one he tried the least on. Yeah, and therefore, well, and, and, well, and, 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 and <laughs> oh, go ahead, Joe, go ahead. No, what I was going to say, so I started when, when Carter 3 came out, I started working at the commercial top 40 station, like the cluster of stations that they had in, in my hometown. Um, and we were playing those Wayne songs on a top 40 radio station. We played Lollipop, but we were playing Got Money. I mean, we, we, Millie was a, probably a little too hard for a white 80% town, mm-hmm. but we were playing those songs. And that's to your point, like he, like one of that pop stuff like he wanted to go up those pop charts and because that's where the money's at Mm -hmm. the money is when you become a pop star and so he's just like all right well hey nobody's in this lane as a rapper right now let me go do this yep and and then then next thing you know he's rapping on who like dave guetta songs and yeah (laughs) (laughs) what's that what's that fucking song he has with jay sean oh Oh, down we played that we played that for so long let, let me I let me tell you i, I never listened to that record until like so it, when i was like getting into the rock music scene in birmingham there was this cover band called dirty pop they did top 40 stuff they never did stuff with rap verses because they didn't know any rappers well because my drummer was cool with their guitar player and i'm actually friends with their guitar player with the old guitar player now because me and him were friends he was like hey man can you learn this wayne verse and come rap it for us like when we play I was like, sure, I guess. And I was like, like, oh my God, this is so ass. Like, but <laughs> for me, it was like, fuck it. I'll get up on stage, I'll meet some people, whatever. It was it was it was it was a cool thing. But like, yeah, that that's how pop he was leaning to where like five years later, 
white cover band, white cover pop bands in Alabama were playing that shit. It was one of the biggest ovation songs at night. By the way, do we have um, do we have video footage of that? Either? No, we do not. Thankfully. Okay. So, please, somebody find that. Uh, no, there is none. It doesn't exist. Okay. Because I've okay. only done that with them like four or five times, and they were. <laughs> <laughs> no, thankfully no. They so like with, struggle with, with them like in when they came to Birmingham, that was like I mean they lived in Birmingham, but they would play Birmingham to test songs out, and then they would go mm -hmm. play like at resorts for four or five nights in a row and make bank doing that. So they would just play Birmingham to kind of like make sure their sound was good, make sure everything was tight, try shit out, play around, and then they go hit they go hit a resort in Louisiana or Florida and, and make like five ten k. I mean, you could have been rapping Wiz versus to see you again, man. That, like, so, so, at, so funny, funny story, actually. And I think I could. Uh -huh. So actually, one night we were at Zydeco and their drummer was mixing. And so all of them were hanging out except the singer. And the bass player approaches me and is like, dude, you should join Dirty Pop. And I was like, huh? He was like, yeah, man, join Dirty Pop. And so he looks at the guitar player, looks at the drummer. And they're like, yeah, man, we could we could we totally love to bring you on. Singer said no. And since the drummer was dating and is now married to the singer, that whole thing just never wow. took off. But yeah, yeah. So they actually wanted me in, and I was like, like I asked them, I was like, "How much are y'all pulling in a year?" And that was more than I was making at the time. I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, I'll totally <laughs> quit my <laughs> quit my job and perform it at sorority parties on weekends with you guys." <laughs> but, but, but the singer is like, "Nah, nobody outshining me." Nah. It was it was because I couldn't play an instrument at the time. And she was okay, like, we okay. can't, we don't, we can't, I, I, and I feel the point. It's like, we, we would have to change up our sound too much. And I, she ain't want to split the money five ways again. And I understand that. I mean, yeah. Four way split to a five way split is a, you splitting, you splitting 10K four ways is 2,500. You splitting 10K five ways is 2,000. That adds up over time. I totally understand. The, the game is the game. The game is the game. To quote the great Avon Barksdale, the game is the motherfucking game. <laughs> it always has been the game. It always will be the game. But always will be the game. But what I was get, what I was getting ready to lean into with that is you look at those pop songs that he was doing, and you listen to these these new niggas that's out now, and those are all Wayne's at this point grandchildren, mm -hmm. because now a hip hop generation where it used to last like five to seven years now lasts like three to five years. But you look at all these little niggas that's out, they all grandchildren of Wayne. They all spun off of some child of Wayne, future thug. All these little niggas are children of all the little colored, the rainbow hair lulz. Those are all Wayne's mm -hmm. descendants. Like, like, dude, like, dude, just just imagine how bad we would be killing Drake right now if you hop in the time machine and take away 2007 2008 little wayne and there's no carter three to pass it off to to drake doing the same shit that he did how bad will we be killing tootsie slide right see 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 i well, see i don't know because I still, without little wayne you don't get this drake because but no but but see i still think kanye plays a role i think 808 set the palette for us to like so far gone well, then, really, mm -hmm. I, honestly, I think we need to pass the blame to somebody else. It needs to go to T Pain because he's like the he's the proponent of all this. Like mm -hmm. he is the one who like who he can rap and he can he can sing without auto tune, but he's the one who's singing with auto tune. And then I remember Kanye has has verses about him about T Pain saying only him and Lil Wayne can use the auto tune. So so T Pain is the catalyst for sure. Because if we don't get rapper turned singer, 
we don't get you know Wayne's and auto tune and stuff like that. But the auto tune has to be popularized by somebody else mm-hmm. who's popular at the time. That mm-hmm. the, see that's so, that, that's well, what I was gonna say because he's the catalyst, but he also like got shut down after death of auto tune. Mm-hmm. Like all the everyone else, like Wayne and Drake were still. I mean Wayne Drake and well Drake used more mellow dime than anything, but Wayne and Kanye were still using it, no issues. It was T Pain that got fucked up by Jay saying it, so he was big enough to get it to them. But I don't think he was. I don't think Drake spins out of T Pain. It it right, it right. took it took Kanye spinning out of T Pain to, to give us Drake, because I don't. I feel like 808s is what gives us Drake. Like that's what makes that whole thing. So far, Gone comes out and we don't have 808s. Everyone's looking at that like, nigga, what the fuck is this? My opinion. Like, I feel like we keep yeah. getting more comeback seasons and room for improvements from well, him. Like, he's still rapping well, uh, with Nicholas and, F. And, and I, will, I will say this because, like, when I first heard 808s, when I first, I remember I got the single version of Love Lockdown, and I was playing it on the air one night, and I heard those vocals, and I was like, are these, is this finished? Are these vocals yeah, finished? Exactly. Like, I was like, what the hell is this? And and so like I you know I apologize to people on the air. I was like, hey, look, I'm gonna get a better version. <laughs> but it's like it, you know it, you guys are absolutely right. Like if we don't have that 808 right there, because like I didn't like 808 forever. Like that that whole first year, I didn't listen to it. Like I listened to it, and I was like, I don't like this at all. This is awful. And then I came back to it, and I was like, okay, Kanye has something here. And then I heard So Far Gone later in the summer, and I was like, okay. This is what's happening. Mm-hmm. To, to to make a comparison, I've made several times before. If you if you if you're not into the genre of music, it, you won't get it. What what Drake did was so far gone from 808s is what Linkin Park did from Meteor to Hybrid. I knew you're about to say that. I knew you're about it, to say that. It's the same thing. It's we gonna take this thing that we did. The only difference is a different artist. Like, but again, we we said this on the last one. Drake and 40 are spun out of Kanye, Dr. Dre, Diddy, those who take mm-hmm. other people's work, add some spice to it, and make it their own. That's what they do. So all Drake did was do that to Kanye. And it's funny, they've had this little beef forever that led into the he running around like he pop tweet, which, which is one of, the, <laughs> it's one of the five greatest tweets of all time. Along with it's this, one of the best tweets of all time. Along with this nigga like eating pop. beans and she and Rachel chat room showing feet. Like, like, like he run around like he pockets. One of the greatest tweets of all time. But they've had this. Like, if you talk about badly mixed songs, "Find My Love" is up there. Oh man, like, I hate that song. Kanye did Drake so wrong with "Find Your Love." Like that, <laughs> that, that should not have well, came he, out. Let's, hey, let's talk about that because he was constantly trying to undercut him. Yeah, he sat yes, yes. that video, and then he gave him that whack ass like like. I mean, I I didn't mind Find Your Love, like, but now I, I like, I would never listen to it again in this day and age. Yeah. But it's like, that beat was mixed awfully. Awfully. The vocals, like, like right, the, oh, dr- the drums sound like some shit you get off a of garage band unmixed. Mm-hmm. Like, that shit should not have gone out there like that. And it's like, dog, I can mix songs better than that. Man, Barry Bonds was trash, Ryan. <laughs> That shit was trash. Yeah, like, like, like this is the thing about Barry Bonds. Kanye verse is good. Lil Wayne's verse is so bad that it makes the song you can't listen to it. Like it's Lil just Wayne like Hello Brooklyn, the, the worst feature. Mm-hmm. Like like who approved this? This is terrible. Like, like it's, that shit it's, is ass. it's the same thing as Hello Brooklyn. He did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, hey, hey man, let, let me speak my truth for real quick, man. <laughs> everybody, no, everybody, everybody says this. 
and I feel like I'm the only one standing firm on this. I actually like drinking hot girls. Yes, I do. And 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 I don't know why, but I actually like it, especially the in, end with in, those in, the, in the context of the album, it's not a bad song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will skip over that shit. <laughs> like it ain't I'm, a, I'm about to I'm about to block Ryan, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, like how are you going up for Barry Bonds of all things? That song is ass. It's a disgrace to Barry Bonds. <laughs> this is another hit, Barry Bonds. Like, come like, on. No. This is what you've been waiting for, ain't it? No. <laughs> no, no Nobody was waiting for this. <laughs> no. Nobody. Hey, it's, it's just like that Black Wonder Years reboot we're getting. Nobody asked for this. Nope. <laughs> you took a Even mixture of things. In 1960s in Alabama. Yeah, come on. Like you right. took, like you My took a mi- was alive in 1960s Alabama. Those was not no, the years. We don't. No, no we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to listen to that, man. Get that bullshit the fuck out of here. No. Like, nah, man. That shit was. That shit was ass. Another another point about 2008, though, I will say that. Drake's like the way Drake rolls out his albums, like he, the Carter Three, the success of the Carter Three is why he rolls his albums out. Like Drake always has a rapping single, and then a Hotline Bling or Find Your Love or mm-hmm. like, like. Now that we're talking about his that Find Your Love, he what do he have headlines and Find Your Love off them? Headlines was off. Take, headlines was off. Take care. He had. Oh, over, yeah, they're they're similar though. They're very similar. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Well, like he he, care, he, care, he has a he has a formula for like mm-hmm. at least for those first few albums because like even if you look at like the the sequencing of uh fucking thank me later it's it's damn near the exact same as so far gone down to the mm-hmm. insert woman's name interlude like he did all of that same shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he that that's a that's a very good point. Like he does roll his, he well at least the first few albums he rolled them out the exact same way. gave gave something for the hip hop heads and then gave an R and B joint for the chicks. And, and see to to further that point to me, like if we want to if we want to um, set Drake and Lil Wayne's career parallel, to me Drake's Carter Three moment was um. What's the name of that fucking album with with his head in the clouds? Oh, nothing, nothing was the same. same. Nothing was the same. That's his Carter Three moment. And by the way, nothing was the same as a cool album. But when I heard the album, I was like, "Yeah, Drake's never rapping again." Oh yeah, because that was when he got with who? Party Next Door. That was when Party yeah, came and in the picture. Like because like, that album is like all about the beats, and he's just yeah, like he's just doing that the whole album, like just dropping ad libs, and people's like, "Man, this album so fire!" It's like, is it really fire, dude? Just like the way it sounds, because he's not saying anything. To, to, to quote that dude on Kawhi, who who was talking at the end, who was talking on uh, on the Gambino shit. Do you really like that shit, or do you like the way they handed it to you? <laughs> <laughs> Dave Chappelle said it best: <laughs> Coke and Pepsi, the same shit. Whoever tastes better just is the one that's paying me more at the time. Right, <laughs> right. Like that's that's music in a nutshell today. Do you really like that shit, or do you like the way that shit was handed to you? And majority of the time, it is the latter. But yeah, now nah, I don't I don't get when people say nothing was the same as Drake's best project because I'm like that's the one I probably revisit of his. The like even Thank Me Later, which is not that great, has uh the Cooking Soul remix to it, which makes that album like ten times better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I revisit the, oh, songs oh, from man, there. The Cooking Soul remix was good. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I revisit songs on there, but 
Man, I don't, I don't, I, I don't ever listen to that album just straight through. Like, there's like five or six well, points on there that I listen to. But well, well, the other problem too with Drake's music is that we've all aged out of it because he's Drake's been stuck in the same like lane and the same topics and stuff. He hasn't matured in like five, six years. Whereas we've all had things like, you know, I got married and, you know, we all have like life changes happening and stuff. And it's just like, it's hard to relate to somebody's music. Even when you go back and listen to well, it, you're like, eh. it's the same thing. With, it's the same critique people have about Cole and Crit. Like with Cole, it's like, nigga, when you going to stop rapping about your student loans? How many times you going to tell us you lost your virginity? And with Crit, it's like, nigga, how many more songs are you going to make about your speakers? Like, nigga, See, that's <laughs> a fair, man, because I think, I think Crit's dope, man. I think he's matured a lot. L- listen, especially, I, especially I, in the production. I man, want yeah. to like Crit so bad, but every time I turn on a project of his and I hear the word speakers or subs, I have to cut it off. <laughs> like I mean, we still listen to Stove God talk about that coke though. That's different. Like coke <laughs> rap is an art. Speaker rap is not an art. You can't give me. A, you can't give me. You can't give me. I cleanse the brick of its sins about a speaker. See, like, I, like currency is one of my favorite rappers, and he quote talk the same shit. I say it different. That's the difference. But, like, but currency you know, does that fire. Like that's fire. Like the big crit does it. Big crit does it good. Not with speakers. What was the last album he put out? The Double Joint? Yeah. No, nah, he did one last year, too. Ryan, don't use my goddamn I'm not, government. I'm not, I'm not, fuck yeah, wrong, that's why I'm not even going to post that comment. The fuck is wrong I'm with not you, even gonna post <laughs> But, like, I, nah, like, like, I did listen to that album, and I... I give Crit credit. Like, he is, like, super-duper talented. It's just, I, when I heard that shit, I was like, all right, nigga, I'm, I'm already mentally out of this because it was, like, the second or third song. This nigga rapping about speakers, and I'm like, all right, bro, I want put to put it as the eighth song. Like, give me a chance to get into the album before you hit me over the head with your love for speakers again, nigga. Like, <laughs> and, and see, and, and, to that, and to that point, though, like, I can deal with Crit, like, rapping about subs and Stove God, or, you know, and all, all these, like, coke raps and stuff. But because those like they're either going to get better over time or you're just going to skip the song. But every Drake album now is just like, oh, this girl left me and I'm very sad and now I'm jaded. He took one of the hardest DMX songs ever and made it about a woman. (laughs) Like, I sent you not when, when I was when I moved up to North Carolina the first time. Uh, me and Fee was getting in the car to drive back to Birmingham, and I was like, "Bro, I, I got to let you hear this, <laughs> this, this Drake joint." And I cut Look, that shit off. Anybody, anybody who knows me knows how it's going down as my favorite DMX song. <laughs> that, that that song made me mad when I heard it. Like I was like, I was like physically mad. I, I laughed because like, that shit was fucking hilarious. Like, what did you do? Only Drake. Only Drake. I need to know if there's a lot of gays being played. Like, only Drake yeah, could do. Only Drake that. could take what these bitches want from a nigga on some DMX shit. I group D and my exes. I tell them they belong to me. That shit goes on. Like, nigga, what? Why would you do that? Like, Why? <laughs> or the Wu Tang sample? Like only it's Drake. Like, only Drake. Like Wu Tang. Like Wu Tang forever. Like I'm like, oh, okay, about to rap some hard shit. Only Drake does this. Now, if you want to talk about an album that's trash. That was terrible. Views views makes me so mad because every time I hear Western Road flows, I'm like, nigga, why aren't you always doing this? Right. 
Why, why can't you be on Western Road Flows all the... What is wrong with you? And he, even, he even admits it on the song. He was like, he said something to the effect of, I, I got to do this every once in a while to show y'all I can still do it. Do it all the time. Like, nigga, that song pissed me off so much. Go ahead. But he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that because because Jay did the same thing with Moment of Clarity. He said, truthfully, I want to rhyme like common sense, but I did five mil, so I ain't been rhyming like common mm-hmm. sense. You know, Drake's is—he's just following the leader. But yeah, but which Jay, goes back to 2008, which is where Drake come from. Little Wayne, like he's seen what Little Wayne mm-hmm. did, so mm-hmm. he's gonna stick to that winning formula. Like, so you see yep. how we start back around? Because because Jay <laughs> actually, Jay was still better than damn near everybody while not rapping like Common Sense. Because even that verse, he's not rapping as hard as, but it's still hard because. He gives props to Talib Kweli and Most Death, and then it's like I'm 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 gonna do this real quick, speed up in front of the crowd, remind y'all I'm better than these niggas, and I'm gonna bring it right back to where niggas can still mm-hmm. catch it. Like that was the magic of Jay Z. Like Drake don't Drake does that, and then gives you Hotline Bling, which is yeah. But you gotta look at okay oh, for my like Juice World R.I.P. to him. He dropped an album today, a uh, post Thomas whatever. I don't even know how to say that word, but he got the album today. Posthumous. Posthumous. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There's a there's a skit on there when they're like, it was like he's the most talented part. There's it's producers talking like he's the most talented kid I ever seen in the world. It was like he'll get a beat and he'll make one song and he'll come back in and make another song and then come back in and make another song, make three songs to the same beat, and then tell the producer or engineer, hey, pick a song that you want. Juice World. He can rap. I've heard him freestyle. He can rap really well, but most of his music is rock sounding. Lil Wayne. He's from the clearly from the school of Lil Wayne. Like yeah, young thug in the future. Because he said, you know, he sent me one of uh, Juice World. I think it was called Come and Go earlier. And I was listening to it. I'm like, okay, I like this sound. Like I, I hate the fact that he won't get a chance to develop because. When the guitars kick in, his voice needed to do some modulation and some changing up to accentuate. And this comes from, you know, my. my what you talking about? What you talking about, right? Drunken Hot Girls are super trash, but them white good. Really? <laughs> you know what I'm I saying? I mean, that, 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 that is true. That yeah, is but, true. yeah that but Ron, true. you know what I'm saying, really. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> white girls did love it. But, like, I. From the rock background of me, I know a little bit about like the like what you need to do when like hard guitars come in. And Juice World was going somewhere. Like like he is somebody that I lament on not because for all the the grief I give the offspring of Wayne, I will admit that they are more musically willing to try shit than any generation before them. Yeah, that's why. Like that's I I think that's why I gravitated towards Thug is because like Thug was. He didn't care. Like mm-hmm. he he used his voice as an instrument while also rapping at the same time. And I was just like, I've never heard anybody do this before. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he's a direct descendant from Wayne, a, a direct descendant. R- Ryan, you you say I'm a Sean Carter stand account as if this show is not called politics as usual. It's called politics. As and usual, Ron man. is it also a big Jay Z stand? What do you yeah. mean? <laughs> We are two dudes who who both say with without reservation we think Jay's the greatest rapper ever. Of course, we're right, like, like, look, look, man. When, when I'm when I'm like successful in life and I'm giving a commencement speech, it's gonna be the second verse of the evils. Like I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna come to the podium. 
We used to fight over building blocks. Now we fight for blocks for buildings to make a killing. The closest friends when we first started. I mean, I, at, at this point, I'm probably doing the Stove God Cooks verse, but <laughs> <laughs> let me say, Joe, my my favorite thing as of late is just scrolling the timeline and seeing you have a random Stove God Cooks bar <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> on the timeline. <laughs> so, okay, so. I gotta go back and listen to the the actual Stove God album that that dropped this year. But I already started writing like a a, a thing about like why these are the best Coke raps in a while. <laughs> Dude, in a they long really time. are. Listen, man. How how do you watch the brick of his sins, man? <laughs> how, after three how days, it rolls out the pot. <laughs> after three days, listen. How do you start the How do you start the album with I cooked half a brick in the air fryer? Like yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, like coke rap isn't like our, our guy pat was 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 like man i, I don't like i wish push your t would do something different i'm like i don't uh, i don't uh, ever want to no. hear push your t rap about anything but coke like like okay. we say all the time it's like it's like when real hamilton developed the mirror rage game don't move away from that stay stick with the mirror rage game hey aj we don't want to hear big crit rap about anything but his son <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. No, I now that no, I do want to hear that. I did not want to hear about some other this. But Pusha T, only because I've heard Big Crit rap about things other than subs on features, and it was fire. Pusha T, I've heard Pusha T not rap about Coke on like one or two occasions, and it was just I. Right. Like I don't want to hear Pusha T rap about well, anything well, other than T, Coke. Well, Pusha T says I step on a brick like a promenade. Why would you want to hear him <laughs> rap about anything else? Why, like? Like, 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 I don't I, that, that, him, Stove God Cooks, and Benny the Butcher are the only niggas I want to hear rap about Coke exclusively. I don't want to hear shit else about them. I, if if Pusha T is rapping about love, I want to hear hear about his love for bricks. I want to hear about his love for his mm-hmm. wife or his new son. I want to hear about his love for for pushing his Coke. If 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 he is rapping about Christmas, I want to hear about him rapping bricks to make money for the family. I don't want if he's rapping about wintertime, I want to hear about him making the snow in, in, in Nebraska. I don't want to hear but, shit else from Pusha T. And see, look, and the and the great thing about that is he has verses for all of those things. Scouts honor started with my grandmama. Like that like, oh my God. <laughs> you you entered the family business. Yeah. Yes. yes. Like that's uh, just the same way. I, I want to hear Currency talk about weed and muscle cars and whatever new brand he just found. Like I don't want to hear Currency rap about his love life. Nah. Yeah. Like, but, nah. but how soon do you think? Um, g- given the name of his son, how soon do you think we get that? I'm pushing bricks. <laughs> the stroller punchline. I'm pushing. Oh, bricks. six months. Oh yeah, six it, it'll months. happen soon. <clears throat> no, I, no. My first question is when does when does young bricks? Make his first Coke reference. <laughs> like he gonna have to be about two years old, push doing a Coke bar. Yeah, yeah. I would hope. Like we gonna see young bricks dressed in all white. Excuse me, all white. Yeah, like nah, that's that shit. Yeah. That shit has to happen, man. That that shit has to happen. Like I I need that. That the street the streets need that. Even if the streets are just me and Ron. <laughs> <laughs> We are the streets. Yeah, that, we need. I, it. I, but, I do. I but, do. Yeah, yeah. Joe as well. But the other thing about 08 that was phenomenal was the mixtape run because that low key mm-hmm. kicked off the blog era of the blog being the new A and R. And that that in a lot of yep. ways is the children of Lupe 
and early Kanye. When yeah, let me bring up the mixtapes in 08. Yeah, yeah, pull up the mixtapes in 08. Also, my favorite album from 08 was Sing Sounds. Which, N-E-R-D, why have y'all not revisited that fucking sound? That shit was right for, dude, for dude, expansion. Rich Boy Bigger say, Than Fee? the Mayor came out of 08, too. I say because they grew. Hey, man, Rich Boy Bigger Than the Mayor. Fire. Oh. Everything his album was supposed to be. Everything. Oh, my God. I forgot about that mixtape. Man, Gucci Man was on there floating too. Yeah, it was. See, y'all are y'all are a more accurate y'all are a more accurate expression of like Midwest hip hop fans than me, because y'all like actually love you 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 and you and my brother actually love everything. Like I don't. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is, and, and this is the time that I started discover like. I mean, I was I was playing like icy and stuff like when it dropped, but this is when I was like, okay. Gucci is cool. Like I can, I can, I like the way he raps. Like, yeah, nah. Two thousand, two thousand eight. Yeah, this is yeah. Two thousand eight. And, and after that's not I even... heard sing sounds like I completely like was like, all right, I'm I'm good with hip hop. Like Lupe gave me the cool. In December of '07, I was listening to that. But like when I heard sing sounds, I was like, all right, let me start like getting out of hip-hop and, and, and that shit. Nah, because their currency went on his run at the end of 08. Like, that was... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that run was fire. I was like, listening. And, then, and I, then, look, and then you had Wale mixtape about nothing and then a kid named Cuddy. Like, those are two... Yeah. Oh, the nigger tape, too. Uh-huh. The bar exam. Yeah. <clears throat> the, mo- the, the movie, Ooh. the Gangsta Girls movie was fire. Mm-hmm. Re-up game. Yeah. Uh, Road to the casket drops, yeah, man. Paper route gangsters currency. Fast times of Ridgemont Fly. That might be my. That might be my favorite. That's not. That's that. not even everything from 08. Like Moon Music Three and Just Us for All. Oh, Nipsey too. Yeah. Higher than thirty thousand feet. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. 08 was. 08 was monumental in that. That was like the first time. Well, I, I don't want to say the first time, but that was like when niggas finally started realizing, like, oh shit, the internet is our friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was before the three sixty. Like that's really why three sixty deals like became so popular. Like we can point to the ringtones by Soldier Boy and all the bad signings that the big major labels made, like. Uh, from going going to from Soldier Boy to fucking who is the uh, Trinidad James like that the label mm. that the labels made and couldn't recoup their money from, but when you've got and really if you want to take this back to the genesis of this is Move Music Two. Like Move Music Two was the album that Button wanted to drop. Def Jam didn't think it would work. That shit was on like album of the year list, and that actually slowed his release up from Def Jam. I think he said by two years. Uh, because of the fact that they were like, oh, Damn. we can do something with this. And he's like, nah, I don't, I don't want anything to do with y'all. So he went radio silent for like two years. But when you want to talk about mm-hmm. like artists who like followed in that vein, you see like Royce on there, one of the slaughterhouse mates. But like you found like a, a, a strange mixture of artists who had been in the game for a minute, Royce, Currency, and newcomers, Cuddy, Nipsey, who, fa- who found a way to like push their music on the internet. Whereas before... It was kind of this unknown, it was like space in a way, or the bottom of the ocean. 
Like, motherfuckers had heard about it, but they didn't know how it could be used to their advantage. Right. And I think that's one of the first times that and, they was like, oh, shit, I can just drop my own music up here without, even if I'm signed to a label, and they can't do shit about it. And that's what's dope about, like, somebody like Budden or, or like, a Royce or, like, there's people who have been in the game for a while discovering, like, the Internet's their friend. Like, when, you know, I was, like, I had a MySpace for my radio show and then, like, you know, transition into Facebook. But, like, I was using those tools to build up an audience. And then, like, mm-hmm. these other, these you know, and I was, like, 18, 19 at the time. And so were, like, Wale and Cuddy and, you know, all these people. And, you know, then these older dudes, like Budden, he's in his mid-20s, and, you know, Royce is probably, like, around that age, too, and they're like, oh, wait, hey, I could use this? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, not, like, I remember yeah. I remember Budden posted on the amazing. hip-hop game forum back in, like, 03. His name was, like, Chia203 right. or something like that, and there was another dude that people thought was Benzino. <laughs> his name was like dead ass serious and nigga swore it was Benzino because every time he like if you said a positive thing about Eminem he was coming with hate immediately behind it and nigga swore up and down that was Benzino <laughs> but like that's like the first year that like that was when the blog became the A&R and that's such <clears throat> that's an underrated golden era of hip hop mm-hmm. like so much fire shit here's rocking. another thing that you mentioned that's important Here's another thing that's crazy because I remember in 08, Wale dropped Wale Dance. Wale dropped a mixtape about nothing on, on OK Player. And it got such a huge response that the Roots was like, nah, give this guy our first single of our new album. So, another thing that's um, inadvertently like a bad part of this um, era is that you jump straight from the, um, the underground into the mainstream and there's zero development mm-hmm. like cool if you're cool it's cool if you're a wale or cool if you're a j cole i'm talking about j cole back then but now i feel like a lot of rappers aren't getting that polish they're just like okay you're hot right now give me a verse and this rapper is a you know just phasing out because they never get any better yeah that's true and we can we can but play you but you know who who actually benefited from that because Big Sean came up around this time, mm-hmm. and that's when he was dropping all those like you know they did the super duper eliminate or whatever like that, and then everybody started doing that flow and stuff. And Big Sean bars were terrible. Like I remember when when oh, I had yes. Twitter way way back in the day, like before I deleted all my accounts, we it was like Big Sean raps or like something like that, and it like it was just a whole hashtag that like we would just go in on. But he. It took him a while before he mm-hmm. was like getting to the point of being good, and then that's when Pro- that happened. Was like 2014, 2015. Probably the Detroit mixtape was when he hit his. Yep, because Detroit dropped, and then the Dark Sky Paradise album dropped, mm-hmm. and they were like, back in that year. Because Finally Famous Three is a, is a good mixtape, and he wasn't. <sighs> Detroit is the probably the best Big Sean that you're gonna see, but I think he he was hitting his stride around Finally Famous Three. Oh, nigga, I remember you getting off the plane fresh from Japan telling me to listen to that, nigga. Well, that was, you know, Big, that was, you know, Big Sean and off of Finally Famous 1. That was like 07 to 08, so he was still finding his way. But, yeah, but, that, but that's important because cause, cause Wale, I mean, excuse me, because Kanye basically did what NFL teams do, um, <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers. They drafted QB, they put him on the bench and let him sit behind the vet. So Kanye and... That's probably the last good case of this happening. Like, I can't really think of another case, but but Kanye basically benched Big Sean. It's like, you're not ready for an album yet. You're not ready for an album yet. And he kept 
putting out these mixtapes. He kept crafting his sound. And um and I, I will say, um, due to some label stuff, like his his debut album could have been better because the throwaway tracks from the album are actually really good. But but yeah, you did see him get better and better over time. And I feel like that's the last time we truly saw that happen where um basically somebody did the A&R part of their A&R job and uh, artists got better over time. I would say um the closest thing right now is maybe uh Lil Baby. Uh um, Okay, okay. Maybe be just because like he, you know, Thug was like like I mean Baby was putting out music, but right now it's catching. Like mm-hmm. I remember when he dropped that uh that song with Drake and he said wah 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 bitch I'm the baby and everybody's like this guy <laughs> is the absolute worst. Yeah. And then like here we go two years later and this dude has like sixteen songs on the Billboard charts right now. He's another one whose development I'm interested in. <clears throat> Cause mm-hmm. I, I see like, the like, potential. What? I just wonder will he reach it. Like when I heard when I heard him on that Twenty One Savage um album, like um like Don't Leave Without It, I think is the name of the track. I was like, okay, I think Lil Baby has arrived because I didn't like him before that. I didn't get the appeal, but then I was like, okay, this this guy's getting this guy's getting good. He he was extra basic before. Now he's I, I don't I don't know. He's he's like somebody in the NBA, like Trey Young. Like you see the you see the potential, and you like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's the one. He gonna be. He gonna mm-hmm. be it. like he's getting to that point. Yeah, it's it's almost similar to Thug. Like when 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 Ron and Joe uh, previously tried to get me uh, and Kelsey from the KO from Knights of the Turntable were like trying to get me to see <laughs> the, the 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 value in a young Thug, and I just refused. And I finally, I think I was listening to Good Times, and I know that was a Thug song because it was on like K yes. Seventeen soundtrack, and I was just walking around singing that, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that's a, I was like, all right, I guess I'll listen to him and. <clears throat> he does something with his voice that like Michael Jackson used to do, like where Michael Jackson yes. would demo would tell what he wanted the the musicians to play by singing the note. And Thug does a similar thing to accentuate the instrument. And for someone like him, it's like I wish he would have grown up in a more musically sound environment because there's no telling what he would have done. Like if he'd have been around mm-hmm. like actual musicians, people who could play instruments, like he probably could have done some like insane shit with his voice. Uh, that I think would have been super duper dope, and like someone like Lil Baby, like I would love to see what he would be like if you put him around like a young dude, like say Sean Smith. Like mm-hmm. put him around somebody that like really be rapping on a regular basis, and see what someone who has that kind of uh, delivery presence, cadence, and, 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 and like could do if you put him around somebody that's like really challenging him to up his content and his lyrics on a regular basis. Yeah, man, get him, get him away from Gunner. It's the, um, it's the takeaway here. <laughs> you wouldn't have spent that with Gunner. <laughs> I'm on Gunner's well, ass, man. That nigga is terrible. Well, a little, little Wayne is quite fond of little baby, so I, I, I kind of know the the route that he's going to take. Unfortunately, it's going to be. Oh no! Get him away from little Wayne because <laughs> he just built the stoop. Like he was on um, little Wayne's radio show not too long ago. Why does Wayne have a radio stuff. show? <laughs> He got a show every Friday on Apple Music. Yeah. Um, he was on there. And, uh, <laughs> and Jay's is like, why? Anyway. It's actually quite informative if you like. <laughs> he had many friends. Anyway, well, that's, that's a whole other topic. But um, Lil Baby was like, yeah, I just built a studio in my house. And I'm like, here we go. Mm-hmm. He about to go down that fucking 0506 Lil Wayne just 
constantly putting out shit and overworking himself, and he's gonna run out of shit to talk about. Hate, 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 hate when that shit happens to to the to these to these young cats with potential. And again, th- this all goes. Wh- what does Lil Baby sound like today if Lil Wayne was rapping his ass off on the Carter Three? Because that changes. Mm-hmm. What does Thug sound like? And you mm-hmm. grow up with these dudes who are used to rapping in a competitive environment because somebody asked Lupe um, a couple weeks ago about like his thoughts on Kendrick. And basically clarified saying, I don't have a problem with Kendrick, but the era I grew up in, if you said you was the best, a nigga like Cassidy was going to sit you in a room for five, six hours and just make you rap against him. Like you're not just going to say you the best without a bunch of niggas that can rap being like, OK, mm-hmm. come on, rap, sit in a room with me, rap. I don't care if you spit these verses before. I want to hear you rap at a high level for this mm-hmm. period before I walk out saying, all right, you nice. And he felt like Kendrick. And to me, this again goes back to Wayne because Wayne said I'm the best and no one made him prove it because he was like, I'm not battling none of you niggas. Give me some money first. Like he said, the, he said he was the best right as he was rising and people was like, you know what? I believe it. Like, you know, like, like totally unchallenged. Like nobody. Well, but he was kind of open about it on the Carter one, though. But I think people kind of. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. And then. When he when people finally like, oh, he's the best, he really wasn't the best no more. It's like, ah, yeah, by yeah. the time he actually caught on, he yeah. was nowhere near the best. Like yeah. he like again, it's 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 a it's a case of. It happens every day where people people hear artists and like as they're not that great anymore or when they're not putting out their best shit. Like an artist we talk about on here frequently, Mac Ayers. I was a huge Mac Ayers fan. His first project was fired. Nobody was paying that nigga any attention. He put out that trash second project and people was fucking with it. And it's like, like, no, go back to the other album before that. You missed it. Like it happens. And I'm, I'm guilty of this shit. Like I was not a fan of Mac Miller. I didn't want to. I didn't want to hear nothing that you had to say about Mac Miller and our our friend Joe's uncanny resemblance mm-hmm. of Mac Miller, uh, <laughs> which was a joke on the old Knights of the Turntable podcast. Like caused me to go listen to Mac Miller right as the Divine Feminine drop, and I was like, oh shit, I've been missing out. Like well, I went, but Mac Miller, Mac Miller was trash when Wiz, when Wiz Khalifa was blowing up and he was kind of bringing Mac Miller right behind him. He wasn't that good. Like I Yeah, like, but I, I, I still drop. I still like, I listen to Mac Miller off the strength of Wiz. But I still I still missed good AM uh, and watching movies with the sound off. Like that was where he was catching his stride. Like if people were trying mm-hmm. to tell so me I about him was, when he I made he those was, albums and I wasn't paying them no attention. But I think he was rapping his, his best on Macadelic. Like I think again, he's one of those people where people caught on to him. He's kind of like Lil Wayne, where people caught on to him late because he was rapping way better on Macadelic mm-hmm. than what he was on watching movies with the sound and Blue Slide Park and all those projects that came after that because he shifted more to making music as opposed to just strictly rapping, kind of like Wiz Khalifa. Like Wiz Khalifa's underground stuff, he doesn't do much singing, like on Prince of the City 2 and Star Power. Oh, like he, flirts with he flirts with Auto-Tune a little bit, and then Flight School... Like cushion orange juice is what propelled Wiz Khalifa to the surface, but Flight School is his best project because he's rapping good on Flight School and he has minimal use of auto tune, but it's good enough to make great songs out of it. And then cushion orange juice is where people caught on to him, but then after that, it went downhill because people caught on to him too late. I guess with Matt, because I don't really look at him as like a, a super duper MC. Like I recognize that he can rap. Like he's someone I just look at as a, a, a someone who makes music. Like to me. 
Like I, I don't like and and because the my latch on point to him was the divine feminine. Like I look at him more in the musical space because I do know that he was multi instrumental as well. Yeah, he's he's a good student of music. Like he really took the time to make himself better over time. Like, he made he, a fucking neo like soul really, album <laughs> that was fire. Right, he really he really <laughs> like he really he really took the time to like hone his craft. But he's a student well, of, of the game. Well, and I, I and I think that that says something about. Because like I feel, I feel like as a white person coming into hip hop, this is not your culture, and so you need to do everything that you can to learn about this culture and to learn about it and stuff. And Mac, as he was like developing, and he did the good AM, and you could tell he was gonna transition into something like Divine Feminine, and then he dropped the Swimming album, and you know it, it was just he appreciated this music so much mm-hmm. that he went and learned how to play all of these instruments and you know he he was best friends with like thundercat and like the whole odd future crew and all those like people. was producing albums like, for vince staples like just because he saw yeah, the talent yeah, there was Eric like Fisherman, yo yeah. come here let me let me let me like push you on and like help you out mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah. and like I, I i think that i think that you know as a white person coming into hip-hop you have to do stuff like that because i i'm gonna resonate more with max music than I will with Eminem's music. Mm. That is true. Oh, I also yep. think what's cool about about Mac is Mac reached down a lot. Mac was like super big to be independent, but he reached down and fucked with a lot of unknown artists like uh, Sir Mikey Rocks. I was fucking with him hard for a while, and he was on a he. Mac Miller was way bigger than Mikey Rocks, but he appeared on mm. all his shit like that. That that cool. The, the first time I heard the first time I heard Rhapsody was on a Mac Miller track. So yeah, that that cool kids gangster grills mixtape with also which I think also came back. Gone fishing, gone fishing. That's why I still listen to that shit. That hammer, yes. that hammer bros used to be my ringtone. <laughs> that used to be my Fire. shit. That was my shit. Like I fuck, I fucks with. Yeah, nah. Like <clears throat> I think if we gonna answer the question, was OA hip hop's last stand? I say yes because it changed the trajectory of hip hop. From what I loved it as to something different doesn't make it bad, mm-hmm. but I felt like whatever hip hop was up until that point, its last chance to be saved was 2008, and the two artists who had mm-hmm. the most, the biggest role to play in doing so, went completely different directions. Pop to uh, up tempo pop, basically with auto tune. Uh, <laughs> went went pop rap to pop R and B, and that changed the trajectory of hip hop to me. But it was still a great year for hip hop. I say no. I think I think I think two thousand eight is probably the most influential year in hip hop. Maybe like at least of the the twenty first century, because like little baby is twenty five. So if we go back twelve years, how old is little baby? What thirteen? So the mm-hmm. most popular rapper is Little Wayne. And they that's say like, that's probably like the most impressionable time of your year of, of your yeah, life. Yeah, so music wise, who are you listening to? That's probably what you're gonna the music you're gonna grow up making. So I don't know if it's necessary the last thing because I still find projects I like you. I think you just have to search more out of the mainstream to find stuff that's more hip hop. So I don't I think it's the most influential, but I don't know if it's the last thing because I looked from years past 2008 and I found a bunch of projects that I like. From traditional hip hop artists, so I mean to be fair, when I was twelve and thirteen, my favorite albums were the Marshall Mathers LP, and then there was X and the Chronic Two Thousand and One. So, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, and surprisingly enough, Country Grammar, thanks to him. <laughs> yeah, I would. I, I, I would. I would agree more with that. Where it's like, it's harder now to find that type of hip hop, but you can still find it. So, like, you know, if I want to go listen to like something that's just like bars and bars and bars, I know. Oh, well, let me go search for Royce. Like, mm-hmm. let me go search for, you know, somebody who I know has bars. Like, it may be harder for me to discover somebody who is coming up that has bars. But at least I know that there are, like, a hundred that I can just search and just be like, well, I want to listen to some voice because I know that he's going to bring the heat today. But, all right, so before I want to, before we sign off, because I assume that we're about to sign off, I I just want to highlight how great of a year 2008 was because now I'm going to ring off like my favorite non rap albums. And and it was crazy. So we have um, TV on the radio, dear science. Um, you think you've never heard of them, but if you've watched breaking bad, trust me, you have Viva La Vida, which is, was just a monster of, a, of an album. It is modern guilt by Beck. Um, Saturdays equal youth by M- M83. You also had, Let's see. I'm missing one. Adele, 19. Um, I think the first Black Keys album was also 08. So, yeah, man, just a, no, just we, a we, great you're not give different sounds music. Love? I mean, we already talked about seeing sounds, man. Seeing sounds is just <laughs> on another level. I could talk about seeing sounds all day. But, yeah, so just a great year for music in general, man. So, um, as I, oh, I forgot. Sense of Gold. Sense of Gold's album in 08 was 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 fire but yeah just a really fire year for music man and that was my junior year of college and that was and so i think that's why i, I may be romanticizing uh 2008 they, bit, they, they say good... they say the music you love most in your life is from when you were getting the most pussy 2008 has the best <laughs> they say they say you love that era of music which is why i think so many of people our age have a fonder memory of Lil Wayne than what we do as like students of music because all they remember is going to the club and hearing Wayne songs and Drake songs ring off in the background while he was catching the twerk, uh, sipping the water down Long Island. You, man, you you know you know why I like um, Drake and High Girls and Flashing Lights so much because me and my boys in 08. Or why you, you like were, The um, Ride by Drake so much? We were dating. Um, so, so wait, so wait. I went to UA and we had this thing called Rock the Runway. It was like a student-driven like fashion show, and me and my boys were dating like three of the models that ended the show, and they ended the show on flashing lights and drunken hot girls. And then they all waved at us, and everybody was like, "Who, who, do you, who do these niggas is?" And we was like, we "Was like, yeah, we, we them niggas." But, but yeah, that's. I, I, and, and, and now that I think about it. It's it's tied to that moment, so yeah, that's why I like that. But no, it really was a fire year for music. I I will, I will say, not to give the coon any credit, but "Flashing Lights" is like one of like the greatest songs, like maybe ever. Like that is a fire song. So I had I had this idea the other day to write about like orchestra music within hip hop. And that was one of the songs that, like, I, I had forgotten about that. And I asked my wife, I was like, hey, so what songs in hip-hop have, like, orchestras? Like, I named off the ones to her that, and she's like, flashing lights. I was like, 
Oh yeah, duh. I used to love that song. Oh man. Put put up put up Joe Hicks's comment because um Yeah. I have something for this. Uh for those of you who are we talked about the Divine Feminine and how Mac Miller made basically a Neo Soul album. If you want some fire Neo Soul music, there are a bunch of awkward looking white dudes making fire Neo Soul music right now. Like <laughs> Mac Ayers and Hablo Brown, like just those two. You can go off. You can you can kill a whole day going through their uh, catalog of their EP singles, albums and stuff that they put out. There's some fire music being put out. Snow Allegra, another non-black person who was putting out some fire. She dropped another dope record today. Like there is some fire music being put out in non-hip hop. Like that's predominantly. I have a. Let me let me pull up the the playlist and see just how. Uh, I have a 12 and a half hour playlist of neo soul and alternative R&B music that I listen to regularly. So, again, one of my favorite albums last year was Issues, Beautiful Oblivion, uh, which my nephew, who my brother is holding, I had him singing one of the songs. Uh, it sounds like The Weeknd fronting a metal band. <laughs> which is every time you say that, I'm like, yep, yeah, you're right. And, and like I, that's I the only way I can describe like, it. Like it, it's it sounds like the weekend is fronting a metal band, and it's just as intriguing. Uh, Alina Alina Baraz, her like, yeah, her album this year was crazy. Her album's very good. Um, who dropped an album uh recently that I was listening to? Hold on, let me find the shit in my listening history. Uh, Tiana Taylor's album was cool. Uh, somebody dropped the fucking album that I was just listening to. Oh, Chris Anderson, smile while you can. Uh, Chris Anderson. Oh yeah, I haven't. Checked. I saw you talking about that. I haven't checked it out. Chris yet. Anderson yeah. is actually the drummer in Mac Ayer's live band, but he's a drummer and multi instrumentalist. He put out an album with all guest vocals, um, and the back half of it is like all instrumental shit. But it's dope if you like just need something to put on in the background while you're listening to music. I mean, while you're doing something else. You don't need like to listen to no complicated shit. Dope music, dope music. It, it's some good music being put out in the non hip hop scene. If you're willing, as Joe said, if you're willing to go look for it, mm. the double edged sword of the internet is everybody can put out music, but everybody can put out music. So there's there's some fire that the right. gatekeepers were keeping at the at the at bay that wasn't getting through. So and if you ever if you ever need some lists, follow me on Twitter. I'll, I'll happily direct you to some of the, the shit that I listen to because that's all I fucking listen to uh, Chuck has even got me listening to old Japanese city pop which is like the intro uh, which is it's like the, the the soft rhythmic outro music you hear on anime series yeah the, the seatbelts man the seatbelts are fire yeah. they, if you don't know they made a lot of music for um, Cowboy B so oh my God. Belts, yes. yeah. and, and there's a there's a whole like there's a whole like underground like Japanese jazz scene that that's just fire Dog, Cowboy Bebop has like you can't even talk about them when you talk about like the best anime or cartoons because it's it's like it was curated so perfectly. Like the real folk mm -hmm. blues is one of the greatest anime songs like ever made. Such a beautiful song. And what what, what is the intro? Tank. Uh huh. Yeah. Tank. Like yeah. Like you you can't include that in any anime series that you talk about when you talk about music. Like uh, it, it's it's incomparable. They they curated that that and like Samurai Champloo have like some of the best music that you can listen to for an anime series because it's it's part of that. Yeah, Joe says the seatbelts. I it, Joe would know. Yeah, Joe yeah. would Joe is one of the three black people I've ever known who lived in Utah. Other Joe, <laughs> Joe, Joe's 
<laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, if it it's a great time for non hip hop music right now. If you're willing to go, Gallant and Snow Allegra last year, their albums were two of my favorite albums last year. I actually just bought Snow Allegra's Fantastic. album vinyl. I needed to add that to my list. But uh, yeah, it, it's a great time. Like trust me, they're they're out there. And if you're looking for some great indie hip hop, follow Joe. Joe's been. Joe's been writing about those. We still we we might have to do an episode on Alabama's music scene uh, at some point. Because um, mm-hmm. there's so much fire music and and e- even our boy Chuck. I found a I found a song Chuck did. And you you know what's crazy, man? I, I forgot I forgot that I remembered Chuck from UA. Because Chuck was in um this this frat that my roommate was was cool with with those frat members, and I was like I was like oh I was like well, shit yeah that's Chuck because I remember Chucky's frat back at UA. So who who knew man? Dog, who knew? Chuck sent me a song like two years ago I want to say, and I was like dog no offense, why aren't you rapping right now? Like and I, it's not that I didn't think you were good, but like dudes that good are usually like rapping constantly. But right, I found right. this song of Chuck's where it's him and D Gut. It was produced by LJ, and they're rapping over a Gone sample. And I just be listening to that shit because it's, it's it's hilarious. Like I had to put it in the group chat and was like, "Yo, guess who that is rapping last?" Yo, <laughs> the first time I heard that song, I was blown away. Sandy Richardson. Please, please, please tell me more about Chuck. Who is that? Do we know who that is? That's not that's not like a chart. Yeah, who, who who is that? I don't know if we. <laughs> if you want to know who Chuck is, he's at the underscore csjr on Twitter. You can go find him. But uh, yeah, nah, that's that that's 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 our guy. Like he he's super nice with it to not like like I like to think I'm decent enough at rapping. Like Chuck is like up there, like where I am on like the rap thing. And I'm like, dude, why don't you do this? Like I understand now why people when they hear me rap, be like, why don't you rap more? Like I felt the same way. Like listening to Chuck, like why don't you rap more? Yeah, man, because you know how most people be like, "Hey, man, I rap," and those people are usually trash. Like, like, but you're reluctant to like let me listen to some of your stuff. I was like, "Dude, you could you could rap," and, and I and I'm pretty tough on rappers. Like, I mean, given that I listen to like a lot of rap, I'm still pretty tough on rappers. I'm like, "Nah, man, you 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 need to be an accountant. You don't need to rap." Hey, but hey. I, I heard I heard I was like, "Yeah, man, you you got bars, yeah." I probably should. I probably shouldn't have spent the last four years of my twenties not rapping, but you know, it yeah, is what yeah, it is. yeah. But but uh, <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. Um, when when is when did when does Ryan have the the after party thing starting? Does I he think he's kicking, kicking off at kicking ten up or ten thirty Eastern. I think it's nine thirty Central, ten thirty. Okay, um, all right, ten thirty all time. Yeah. But yeah, um, we we got anything else we want to discuss? I, I see Caden's over there getting super sleepy. Nah, he just woke up. Ryan invited me. I'm 50, but I have no idea who you are talking about. I'm just trying to learn. <laughs> that feels like a trap. <laughs> that feels like a trap. I'm sorry. That feels like a trap. But if you want to follow Chuck, huh? So there's probably some honesty. <laughs> it might be. It might be. We got anything else we want, we want to go over while we're on here? Nah, man, just um, stick around about 45 more minutes. We're going to have an after party. We're, Ryan we're trying to encourage people to stay in the house. Yeah, so, right. Exactly. Please stay in the house. Ryan has curated a 90, a 90s playlist. We're going to play through that. We're going to talk about this topic. We're going to carry it over to the after show. So, yeah, yeah just, Ryan um, has some rebuttals, so I guess I have to stick around for that. I got to get some food first because I ain't ate shit all day. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I gotta get some. Yeah, we'll be on here. We'll 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 be we'll be talking. It's gonna be interactive. We might be doing some like trivia, other fun stuff. But it's basically a way for us to like interact with people who have supported the channel. We definitely appreciate all that. Um, you'll be able to come on camera and on screen if you want. We'll shoot you a link. Uh, if you if you want to show your face on camera, um, I as a noted uh non face shower on the internet for about eight years, uh, do it so you can too. <laughs> but it's a way for us at the KWC to encourage people to stay our asses in the house. And Please. if you're not in the house, wear a mask. Damn it. Please wear a mask. We got Joe out in the hot bed of Florida. He can't even go get food for his family in, in peace. Because y'all motherfuckers <laughs> won't wear a mask. It's awful. It's, it's awful. Like, it's just... Uh, I just got to tell y'all that Florida is the worst. And people really don't want to wear a Like, look, for example... I have a gas station by my house. I went there to go get like a soda and something earlier this week. And now we have a mandatory mask order in the county I live in, which is Seminole, which is on the outskirts of Orlando, and then Orange County, which is Orlando. And I saw Wawa employees running to give people masks because they weren't wearing masks inside the building, even though we have mandatory mask orders. Like, just wear a mask. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's not hard. Where, if, if I can if I can go to work and wear a mask, a gas mask at that, a respirator for twelve hours, you could put one on. Also, look, 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 look at look at that darling child sitting in my brother's arms right now. Do you really want to put his father at more risk because you don't want to wear a freaking mask? Think about the kids. Think of the kids. Think 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 of the five year olds who want to sleep in their dad's arms and, and play Sonic all day. Has he moved on from Sonic? Is that still what he's on? No. He just asked me earlier. He the level. I'm like, fam, I bought this game for you, not for me. <laughs> you got to beat the level, man. You got to. It's, yeah, it's, man. It's you, man. I, it's a right I'm sad to say. Man, we, you I know, we used, to ask mom, like we, used, we used to ask mom to beat Robotnik for us a couple times. Hey, I had my cousins coming over to beat this stuff for me on Nintendo. <laughs> I'm saying, man. It's a rite of passage. <laughs> So right of pass. What is Joe talking about? Crown peach in the cup is yeah. Joe 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 Hicks. If you are on Crown, you're not allowed to come on camera, bro. You go. You gonna say something? We have to censor. Like, <laughs> yeah, like nah. We we can, we cannot. You will you will not be on camera if you drink a Crown, bro. I'm just telling you that right now. All right, so we gonna side out of here. Uh, our, our man Joe Code has to has to go. You know, get back to his family and whatnot. We appreciate you giving us your time, brother. Thank you. Thank you for coming through, Joe. Thank y'all for having me on, as always. I Again, appreciate it. Follow at Joe Code, the second, two eyes, Roman numeral. He does the Roman numeral thing like I do. Follow him on Twitter. Yeah, I follow on Instagram. He he is he is giving out free game. Free game. I also had him on the episode of the four hour show, um, which I will be bringing back this week, uh, more than likely. Um I just been I've been playing too much guitar, I ain't felt like recording. Um, I'll also be on Rod for Shorts podcast, so I'm sure that'll be, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, oh. but yeah, oh. Joe, Joe has his name, <laughs> Joe has his name right there. Follow him. He's giving out free game. You got anything else you want to plug Joe? Uh, no, it's just like, you know, right now I'm just building that platform. Uh, it's for independent creators to learn how to like make money. I mean, I work in digital marketing. I've been blogging for 10 years, so 
you know, I know a little bit of stuff, so I'm trying to help people as much as I can. Um, so yeah, I got a newsletter and then, you know, if you want to subscribe on Patreon, uh, just go to my Twitter account. There's the, that's the pinned tweet right there and you can sign up. The newsletter's free. Patreon's $3 a month if you want to like subscribe. Three bucks. Because I'm just building this. Like, I'm taking my time with three it. Bucks, so. Three bucks. You're going to spend three bucks on some bullshit. If you out here trying to create, spend $3 with someone who's actually trying to teach your ass something that can make you a lot more than $3. Damn it. Three bucks, man. Three bucks. That's that's all it takes. So, yeah. Follow him. Check him out. We always appreciate you joining us. Follow the Kids Wear Crowns at the KWC blog on everything. Make sure you subscribe on the YouTube page. Stick around for about 40 minutes. Come back in about 40 minutes. It's going to be this exact same link. We're going to be in here kicking it, chilling, having drinks, doing trivia. Ryan's going to attempt to to talk us out of our Jay-Z love for some misguided reason. Uh, <laughs> uh, you'll probably see- also turn, turn them notifications on on that YouTube subscription. Yes, turn turn it on. Make yeah. sure, make sure. Subscribe to that YouTube page. Yes, we 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 appreciate all the love. Copy a shirt. You see, we got Super Saiyan design over here. Tra- trash pandas. And then and then uh, Fee is rocking uh, people helping people buy our dude Tony Smooth side. Um, so yeah, man, make make sure y'all make sure y'all rock with us. Uh, we, we will be back soon. We'll be back next week. Same bat channel. We don't know about the time. Uh, but yeah, man, this has been Politics as Usual. You can also catch the podcast. Just search. Uh, what, what is it called on, on, the, on the thing? I don't have my podcast thing up right now. Do they just search Politics as Usual? Yeah, yeah. It's um, the Kids Wear Crowns, Politics as Usual. Yeah, yeah one of those. You'll find it at some point. We're, all, we're, we're even on Spotify. We're everywhere. Everywhere that you want to be. We're like yeah, we're back on in Spotify. the day. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. We're ubiquitous. (laughs) We out here. But till next time, as my nephew loves to say, now, peace. Peace.